0: Hey up I'll do and welcome to today's installment of loose lips this is the eighth feature man the rattling absolutely through if you're new to what loose lips is I'm Ben Random I'm the gentleman who'll be speaking with various people from different walks of life looking to engage with them get them to open up about their life story and share some optimism to yourselves through this situation as we look to come through the other side better for the experience together as a unit. So that's what Loose Lips is designed on doing. We've got incredible selection of people I'm going to be speaking with today. If you want to see any of the previous ones, go onto YouTube and search Pop Cult Chic. I'll give you that again, Pop Cult Chic. That's on YouTube. All the back catalogue is going to be there. Uh, other than that, if you want to... Send any questions to anybody that I'll be speaking with throughout. Just put them, yes, the scars in the background. Bless Jonesy every time, man, you know all that. Respect, Dan. Uh, yeah, if you're wanting to uh, ask any of the people that I'm speaking with any questions, uh, send them through and we'll be happy to roll through with that as well. I'm going to be speaking with a lady called Sophia, who's going to be coming through to the group. As soon as she does, we'll be able to speak with her. She's just come through. She's just sent... Uh, the invite through, so I'll accept her and we'll get rolling with the first chat. Hey, technology. Hello, do Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, can you hear you perfectly. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm just trying to product place myself. Um, so you get links. So I got the leads i got the Leeds, Portu- I've got the Portugal flag yeah okay I've got a little bit of Macau
0: and a little bit of South Africa and a little bit of Spain It sounds um, like you're doing Mambo five a little bit of South Africa in my room, a little bit of Leeds just back there too sounds like you're singing mambo number five no, I, I can oh really put do you not remember exactly Mambo number five? five? Of course, I remember. Num-
1: I remember dancing to Mamba Number Five, and you were probably at m- primary school in 1995.
0: <laughs> now it was, so, on, it, was uh, 90, it was 95. Do you know? How I remember it because we were on a school trip, and uh, I say a school trip. We were going to Seabrooks Factory. So basically, the Chris Seabrooks. There, the factory's in Bradford. So the school thought, Oh, what will we do? We'll take them on a school trip to Seabrooks, and then anyway, oh where Mamba Number Five were playing. And uh, it's the only time that I moon i have ever mooned. Like you know, everyone dead. Oh, moon car behind Brownie, moon him. So I mooned while my boy number five are on. So it's a real like vivid memory. No, I was—I was, I there was you living go, in Macau. There you
1: go. I was living in Macau you was at living the time. Where, sorry. In Macau, South Macau,
0: Southeast Asia. Yes. I—I promise that the interview is not just going to be me referencing what you say to uh, song lyrics, but when you say Macau, it sounds like you're saying the Wu-Tang car, the cow But this is cool. This is cool because you ooze you ooze coolness and you don't even realise it. This is how much coolness oh, that you David. are oozing through. I, I thought I oozed grey and vintage, but if you say cool, then I'm okay with it. Is vintage not cool? I, You know what, right? It feels like subtly... Yeah, nostalgia, exactly. That's right. So this is what's crazy, right? It's because you're such a a graceful soul. Like, I'm meant to be interviewing you, but, like, even without asking anything, I feel like I I just feel open up to share a couple of exclusive. And it's almost like you've stolen the interview from me. So firstly, Vintage, uh, I'm going to be doing a new comedy, like, duo with one of my good friends. And one of the names in the hat is Vintage... Vintage Rogues. Vintage Rogues. So we might be known as the Vintage Rogues, so that's a cheek exclusive. And then also, right, why I love nostalgia so much is that, you know, when you were at school and you were taught, like, the elements to make fire is carbon dioxide, heat, and something else, right? If anyone knows what the third one is, put it in the comments. Um, to connect with people and really engage them, it's connectivity, ease, and nostalgia, so convenience rather than ease. So if you have got convenience, connectivity, and nostalgia, that is you can you can bring people in. They're into your world. So there cool. you go, everyone. Everyone, I've just bestowed some cheeky little cheeky little uh, day number one tips from me to the to you all. Well, anyway, well, I think so.
1: I think you've you've got what? tips all the time. You've got tips hey. all the time, anybody. You've got tips, yeah, all I, I, I tips all the time.
0: to? I have tips all the time. They're not always PG rated. <laughs> Thank you. Well,
1: Thank don't you know? Don't you know the do as I say, not as I do? I mean, oh, I, I, you know, as you know, I've I've been a teacher in another lifetime. I think so, and want to see myself as a teacher. Um, and I always used to say to the oh, sorry. Somebody told me if it's top down, I'll look younger and you don't see the double chin. So I'm trying to place the photo, the phone on a. Um, does that work?
0: Yeah? Does that work? Yeah, yeah. it's all good. Um, it yeah, just. just you so, know what you um, need? You know when you go to a photo booth, you need like one of those screwy chairs that you can wind up to like put you higher up like that.
1: Listen, I'm sitting on it. I'm sitting in a chair there when I was 17 because I'm back in my teenage room years. So. If these walls could talk, not of what I did, but if when I came back, all the things I could fill in all these treasure boxes. But, uh, but yeah, Ben, so I miss you dreadfully. I miss you all. I'm just, uh, I might cry so I've got tissues, okay, mm-hmm. because you know me, because I miss Leeds so much and I miss you all so much. But as I was saying, as a teacher um, in Leeds, and that's what somehow I've got to know the majority of you was when I was teaching at Leeds Beckett and, was I always say do as I say and not as I do because I did it. I did it all. I did the T-shirt. Yeah, you know, I got the T-shirt. I did the placements. I did the tequila. I mean, I'm from, this, I'm from a generation of tequila shots, you know, when tequila was just tequila, not all fancy cocktails. Um, you, you know what I mean? So, um, so I just always said do as I say, not as I do because I did it and I survived and you just have to remember some of that. So, yeah.
0: How is it been back home? how is it a uh uh sort of a lot of memories like you say have been in your old room
1: well it is it's um it's very strange so the strange thing is to come back at so the strange thing is to come back at forty eight so and i've I've got no qualms about saying i'm going to be forty nine in september the eleventh um, yeah, ten thirty when the Twin Towers came down and had to cancel my birthday party. So that's one for the books. Um,
0: You're just having um, as well, aren't you?
1: Of course. Of course. I know we're not supposed to do alcohol and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, but I've got a glass of red wine because I'm in Portugal, okay?
0: There's no rules. No rules on booze. Especially in lockdown, okay, yeah. bloody yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so... Home. is. How do you come back into your room that you left when you were 20 and you're now 48, and you bring the world and your experiences with you, and you sit down and you kind of look at, okay, it's the same four walls, and there's even the little ashtray that I used to hide at the window when I had a fag, so my parents didn't know, Um, (laughs) and now... And now they say I smoke. So I gave up smoking three weeks ago because I didn't want to impose that smoke on them. So that was, wow. It's, um, it's going for a third glass of wine on a Friday night and your mother going, Sophia, you're going to become an alcoholic. You really think you should have another glass of wine? And I'm just thinking, Jesus Christ, how many bottles did I drink on my own in Armley? And God, if she could see me <laughs> in one of those bars in Leeds now or in Macau or in New York or wherever I've been, um, or my dad saying, "When are you going to learn?" We're also here in the house. So I have to respect their their lunch time. You know, my they 87 and 80, and I'm so blessed, so blessed, oh. so blessed that they're so, doing so well. But you know, like today, I had I had this coffee make sense conversation with a group of social enterprise entrepreneurs in. Lisbon and then mom knocks on the door she goes are you coming for lunch and I'm like mom you're on zoom now you know so it's all those <laughs> things so, they, so it's it's just a whole readjustment um and um and yeah and um, yeah so that's how do you how do you put into a how do, you, how do you put into four walls five countries and a lot of memories and how do you you know I've got my diaries of when I was a teenager there used to be a key so my brothers didn't open it, you know, and you read it, you know, because you, you go back to these things. It, it was pink. I don't even like pink. And you go back and you kind of go to page, oh, God, there was a love letter that fell out. Um, and you kind of open you go, God, this is what I used to think 30 years ago. And some things are the same and some things are different. Um, but, yeah, it's good. I I feel I feel I feel safe and I feel very, very, very grateful. Um, I don't know to which of my gods I don't know if my Catholic God my Buddhist God my Hindu God the universe God um, that I'm home now because the last year uh, the last few years have been some toughies and so I'm glad I'm home I've got a roof over my head and I've got food on my table and I'm here for mom and dad And, and everything else I kind of don't know um I could ramble on a bit, Ben, so you better stop me or ask me what you want no, to do. No, I enjoy me, hearing
0: so. you talk, that's the whole point really. Um, and it's good to hear that you, you know, yeah. the the fundamentals are in place over there. Do you know what I mean? That you're yeah. able to still chill with your ends. And also I didn't so what what occupation, like vocation are you stepping up then? Like when you're in the Zoom chat room and stuff, so you sort of getting yourself back into that side of things out there
1: well well the thing is ben you know i'm a teacher i think i'm a teacher by nature i love teaching um i always used to say i was a corrupter of young minds that's how i (laughs) that's a vision but i don't think anybody would pay me to say that i corrupted young minds for um for a living but you know when you look at the costumes and the nick plums of this world don't blame them on me you know but there's so many i could say um I just say Nick Plum because he was like one of the first students. I mean, I still got a coffee cup he gave me from Burger and Lobster, which was his first job when he graduated after having to ha- nearly headbutt him to finish the degree, which he wanted to give up. And I, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this. Um, for Coston, who was the only student who ever cheeked me back, and I thought, you little shit. Sorry, it <laughs> um, doesn't matter. Um, and I thought to myself, you little shit. I'm going to show you one day. You know, and I um, thought, who the hell is this little bugger to front me? Um, yeah, you've got to shout out, and It'll be your ego good, my love. But, um, but what I was going to say was, and then somebody, one of in our teaching team, you know, in the group of lecturers, when the, and and there could be others. I know Charlie Archer is watching. Charlie is one of my more recent students, and there's so many. I mean. Um, I'll come back to my students in a second, and I remember someone saying, God, they, you know, like when I used to have these students who used to front me or were not the, you know, the go-to golden kind of stuff, and I used to say, yeah, there's something about them. You can, I want to, when I joined the university, I wanted to, I wanted to look after the students in the first year, so that, to managing, because I thought it's the first year that you can make them or break them. So, that's the corruption, because I nearly dropped out of uni six months into university. I nearly dropped out, because I didn't fit in. Where did I was you go to uni? To... I went to uni in Portugal, so fast, quickly, quickly. I was born in South Africa. Uh, my parents are Portuguese, so in, in South Africa, um, the Portuguese are the immigrants, like the Indians and the Pakistan families are in England. So the Portuguese and the Greeks and the Italians have got all the corner shops. So I was the kid from, I was the migrant in South Africa. I quickly, quickly learned to speak Afrikaans because then I wasn't pork and cheese. Okay. Because then I can, if I can speak Afrikaans, they're not going to call me pork and cheese. Okay. Um, so quickly learned Afrikaans and I love it. That was my, you know, so I left when I was 16, South Africa. My parents never... We're never big fans. Um, my mom's a nurse and had to work very hard to be a nurse and she couldn't be a nurse in South Africa because she never learned Afrikaans. So she was a stay at home mom. My dad's a reader and a dreamer and not a businessman. So that's in my books. So so yeah, so we moved back to Portugal because mom's a nurse and she was a, and she, she could work here. And So at 16 when you're losing when you begin to pick up all your teenage roots, you kind of got uprooted and came to Portugal and I got here and I didn't understand the language or the jokes or the slang. I spoke Portuguese but not the slang. So I kind of had to quickly adapt to this here and made some great friends, um, some of which I, the, the girls I met at high school, we still have a glass of wine every Sunday now at five o'clock on on Skype, we started with wine, we went to Brandy, and now we're all on teas and coffees at 6 o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> um, so all this to say, God, I lost my trail of thought, but anybody who knows me, I know I'm like that. So I just kind of always, um, I lost my trail of thought then. It's like being we a spokesman, because I had enough. You were in
0: speaking it. originally about your students at uh, Leeds Met at the time. Oh, I nearly, Lee, I been, nearly dropped, but, sorry, I nearly dropped out. But then when I, I out, went to uni, yeah. Okay.
1: So I then ended up at hotel management school after high school because um, my economics teacher said I spoke too much and I could never go into business. Because um, at the time I spoke English, Portuguese and French. And she said, and you learn Spanish. So I became to join the first degree program in hotel management in Portugal because until then um, it was very much a vocational course. So out of 400-odd applicants, there were 40 of us who got in, so we were, like, really top. We, we had amazing teachers because all our teachers were industry-based. So six months into that, I didn't fit in, Ben. I didn't know the language. Not the language. I just – I'd never stayed in a hotel, do you know what I mean? I'd never gone on the luxury. You know, my parents weren't into big money and stuff. So I kind of just – and the director of my school came up to me one day and he said, "Come into my office." And he gave me God is in heaven. Every time I say His name, I raise a glass to Him. Um, and he said to me, and he gave me, a, do you know those um, the old, the more classic gentlemen in their lives had a cotton pocket handkerchiefs, and yeah. he, and his he's had his initials embroidered on it. And he gave me his tissue, and he said, "Cry." And I said, why? And he said, because I know you want to cry. So I just cried and cried and cried. And he said, why do you want to leave? I said, because I don't fit in. And he said, give me a chance. Give me another six months and you won't regret it. And one day in your life, you'll remember it. And I said, but why? And he said, yeah, because you think like the men, but you look like a woman. <laughs> um, that's why you don't fit in. And the women will never forgive you because the men think you're always going to be their mate. And I thought, you know, and I was 22, 23 and it didn't, and he said, it won't make sense now, but it's going to make sense one day in your life. So I thought, okay, I owe him another six months. So I stayed and it changed my life. So I went on to, to graduate. Um, then I became an exchange student. I went to Mallorca because where do you go if you don't go to, um, if you want to study tourism and in Europe. And um, look who I met on my first placement.
0: Do you know who it's it is? Like, I can't see it, in the light is it Figo?
1: What I... Yes, Ben, you know is what I Figo? have? I just couldn't find it. It's in here, in a her pocket. I have got the first shirt. Figo gave away when he played for Barcelona because his opening game was in Mallorca, was a friendly in of the summer of 1995, and you can look it up. And I was the Portuguese kid in the reception. So somebody said to him, oh, do you know that girl at reception? She's Portuguese. They came over to me and he said, um, oh, hi, I'm Luis And I said, oh, okay, hi, I'm Sofia. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, could you do me a favor? Could you please sign this newspaper for my brothers? Because he had just played his last game with Sporting Lichboa, which is my football team. But Ricky's got the scarf because Ricky and I swap football scarves. Um, Ricky Burwell, you know, my hero of Leeds, one of my heroes. Um, by the way, I do have female heroes in my life. I keep shouting out the lads, but I do have some female ladies, friends and pioneers in my life so um so yeah so that was it so he said to me oh I'll sign the newspaper for you and he gave me a photograph do you know why it's in a frame it's the only photo my brothers have ever framed and had in their bedroom the only <laughs> photograph of me so it's now here because my brother used to have my room when I was away so anyway so he came up to me at the end of the first game and he said listen do you think your brothers would like a football shirt um I just don't know how to get one because it's my first match. So I said, yeah, sure. And he, so they came over the next morning at breakfast and he said, oh, by the way, I've signed the front for them, but I got the team to sign the back. So, yeah, I don't know. Amor, Guardiola, Cruyff, that what? team of Barcelona. Yeah. That'll
0: I would have well sold so this.
1: Well, until my mother found mud on it and washed it about six months ago. And this
0: Listen, is I gonna buy.
1: Um, Figo's signature still there, but they're very faded. And I said to my mom, "Why would you wash the shirt?" And she said, "I don't know because I found it in one of the in one of the shelves, and it was dirty." And you just kind of go, "No, mum." So yeah, I got the shirt. So I'm waiting for a, i I'm waiting. The neck. I've got two Throwback Thursday photos to do. One is wish Figo, which is going to be tomorrow because following up on this conversation, and the next one is. The first time I sa- drank champagne was on my first birthday and I've got a photo to prove it. So I was destined to join food and drink in my life. So, so yeah, so long, so that was Mallorca. So I was in Mallorca as a student, um, met, you know, did the hotel stuff. And then, then I came back to Lisbon and I was going to do my top up degree um, in hotel management. The government changed. And in Portugal, when the government's changed, everything kind of changes. So I I thought, sugar, what am I going to do now? And then I got invited to an interview for a team that was setting up a hotel and tourism school in Macau. So that's the other side of the world. So I went for the interview and didn't tell anybody, you know, at home or anything because I thought I'm never going to get it because five boys have gone for the interview and me. And the lads had been to Macau on their internships and, They'd been there on a trip and stuff. So I thought, I'm never going to get it. So I then um, went out, as you do in Portugal. If you go out for a coffee, you come home at 1 o'clock in the morning. So remember, I'm 23, 22, right? And if you go out for a drink, then you come home at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning because then you've got to bring in the fresh bread, right? So I probably got into bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. And at seven, my mum says, there's somebody on the phone. This is landline time, by the way, people. There were no mobile phones, okay? So landline, and my mum says to me, there's somebody on the phone from Macau. And I go, I don't know anybody from Macau. She goes, well, she says she knows you. And I go, oh, bugger, I know who it is. So I go to the phone, and this woman says to me, oh, Sophia, do you remember me? You know, we did the interview. And I go, yeah, she goes, well, the job is yours. So I said, oh, okay. So what do I need to do now? She says, well, you've got to be here in about a week's time because I'm going to go be traveling for work. So I need you to be here. So I said, okay, I'll go get my passport renewed. And she told me how much she was going to pay me. So it was tax-free and I was going to earn, I think, four times more what any graduate would earn here. So I switched off the phone and I said to my mom, I've just got a job in Macau. Mm -hmm. And she says, where's that? And I said, oh, I'll go and fetch my insight in the, the World Atlas, which we've had since kids. So I opened this Atlas and I said, we're here. And now I've got a job here. And she goes, so what are you going to do? And I said, I'm just going to go. So, got a passport. That school director of mine gave me a 100 Hong Kong dollars because you couldn't get Hong Kong dollars or Macau Patakas in the banks here in such short notice. And he said, when you get to the airport in Hong Kong, you've got to get a bus that's going to get you to take it to the ferry terminal to take it to Macau. And I said, well, okay then. So off I went, cheerio people, had a suitcase with 23 kilos, and off I went. And when I got to, you know, so I did the trip, blah, 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 get to the ferry terminal. I don't know if anybody knows, in the the ferry terminal. So I get there and I think, and I see this high rising building and I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to get onto this ferry? How am I going to get to a ferry, right? So this Chinese gentleman comes up to me and he says to me, You look a little bit lost. And I mm. said, Well, yes, I need to get this ferry terminal, this ferry to Macau. And I don't know how. And he says, Oh, just come with me, I'll show you. And I just went with him. God knows how I just went. You know, because every time I'd say the story to somebody, they go, Sophia, what What if he was like a, a, a triad lord, you know, of what I, I said? <laughs> well, he looked friendly enough. So, yeah, so he carried my suitcase up this flight of stairs and showed me where the Ferry was and I said goodbye and off I went to Macau and I went with a one-year contract and I was going to leave after a year and then somebody and then I thought well I nearly left I booked a farewell party um, and then my boss said to me why are you leaving I said oh because I'm bored and I want to go and do my top-up degree in Portugal and because that's what everybody's doing and she said well if you stay because um, you've helped me write the degree here anyway, so why don't you do the degree here and I'll up your salary and you can do whatever you want here. So I thought, well, I am the secretary of the rugby club anyway, and I can't leave now. And I phoned my dad and I said, Dad, what do I do? Because I've got this job lined up in Portugal. I'm going to go study. What do I do? And I, you know, I've reserved my flight. You know, my farewell party's booked. And he said, what does your heart tell you to do? I said, Dad, my heart tells me to stay. So he said, okay, stay. So I stayed. And I stayed I stayed until 2000. And so Macau was, oh, my God. You need a whole podcast for me to give you stories about Hong Kong and Bangkok and Cebu in the Philippines. And um, what can I say? Um, there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. So... Um, so I got away with a few things, except for, except, uh, I've got a photograph somewhere, I went to a Chippendale show in Hong Kong, <laughs> and somehow I made the front cover, oh God, I wish I, oh hang on, I might have it here, I made the front cover of the Sunday newspaper in Hong Kong, because um, they <laughs> caught me, they caught me, and I was just thinking, bloody hell, a girl can't even go to a Chippendale show. Um, look. But it gets worse because then the, the Portuguese newspaper, the Portuguese newspaper of Macau kind of got it and they published it. Can you see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the is, and the title is, do you know her? <laughs>
0: um,
1: and the answer is, yes, of course you do. It's Sophia. Because uh, there was only one nightclub in Macau in three bars. And of course I knew them all for research purposes only. Um, so, so, yeah, so that was my time. So then I came, so I left Macau with a lot of tears and a fabulous party and a lot of friends in my heart who I still carry with me dearly. Um, and I came to Portugal and I went to work in a luxury five-star hotel. Um, we had 29 bedrooms. The hotel was owned by a Chinese casino tycoon. It was being managed by a Frenchman. And the staff were unionized Portuguese. I had one brief. But they don't kill each other. And then we get a Michelin star in the restaurant. So they didn't kill each other. We got a Michelin star in the restaurant. Um, I've negotiated two st- possible strikes on the eve of New Year's Eve. In- so I did that. Um, and then we got this, we got, we, I worked with some fabulous professionals. Um, and yes, I was 29 when I got a, you know, so I was 27, 29 when I got that management position. So and gone I back, to,
0: you'd gone back to managing from tra- so I'm teaching? Sorry,
1: I'd left education and gone into operations. High-end. Ops. Um, and I did a few daring things. Um, so like every young manager... I was just thrown in, you know, just kind of just thrown in and I had to learn the hard way. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, sorry, no mistakes. I learned a lot of lessons um, and I just didn't, you know, just kind of navigated it. So yeah, on, on, the, e- on the 7th of September, so yeah, on the eve of my 30th birthday, um, I had a tachycardic arrest. So I nearly, I think I nearly plonked it. So I had a major breakdown, um, just burnout, complete burnout. I went to see a doctor seven o'clock in the morning, my mom was a nurse kind of came, you know, I was having this massive panic attack um, just because of all sorts of things. And my, 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 we went to the doctors and the doctor said, well, when was the last time you slept? I was like, I don't know. She goes, when was the last time you had a meal? So that I was on two, two packets of cigarettes and seven espressos a day. That's how I live. Um, and, and so I was just thinking, she said, well, it's really easy. You can go back to what you were doing but then your parents will be burying you in two months or i'm going to send you home for two months and sleep
0: That's so i kept
1: oh. hey wait i'm only i'm only at 28 now i mean so i then kind of went shit what do i do next so then i thought oh my god it's my 30th birthday i'll go to the tina turner concert and i'll throw a party and I switched on the television because it was my 30th birthday and I wanted to know what was happening in the world. And I saw the second twin tower come down live. So it was like, and now you, you burnt out, you think you're going to die. You've been sent home. So, yeah. And you know, so it's kind of, yeah. So, so yes, I slept for two months thanks to medication and a good doctor. And then you kind of get up and you pick up the pieces and you go back to work and you try to think it's going to be all okay, right? And it's not because you're a little bit broken. Um, and I had some good bosses, but I just it just didn't kind of it didn't make it didn't fit in very well. I think. Um, so yeah, and then I was approached by a very dear friend of mine, who's an exceptional, exceptional, fantastic Portuguese chef, um, to go and work with him in a project in Lisbon. For this fantastic restaurant, which was like four concepts in one first major sushi bar, sushi restaurant bar, cafeteria, fine dining restaurant, all in one, and I was there for four months um, as f and b director. I was sidelined because it was few partners, one partner liked me, one partner didn't like me, so I kind of was invited to go. I didn't mind because I went to the on the dole for a thousand euros. Which didn't seem like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. no, to be unemployed and to be on a thousand a euros. A thousand
0: euros for you know, what? A month or a week? A month. Fair.
1: Yeah. So I did that for six months. I went for a job interview once um, and they, for an F&B position. And the guy interviewing me had the audacity to say I had everything to do the job. It was just a pity I was a woman. Because they were looking for a man. So I thought... Now, i put that in my bag. Okay, so I kept that one. And then the hotel where I had been an intern five years before called and said, would you like a job as a duty manager? We need somebody who can speak various languages. And we need somebody who can understand the hotel. So I drove. I got in my car and I drove from Lisbon all across Portugal, all across Spain. And I got a ferry in Valencia. And I got, the, I got in my car and I arrived in Mallorca.
0: So this is the one originally where you met Figo all those years before? No, no,
1: yeah, that's the one. So I went back to the same hotel. Now, are you ready for the second story of this hotel? <laughs> so I'm the duty manager at this hotel, you know, like all my colleagues. And shout out to Anna and Ronald, you know, all my friends who I met there. And I'm still very good friends. Anna is my beach buddy friend on that picture over there. So I go back to this hotel and it's really cool, right? And one day we pick up this phone call. David Beckham has signed for Real Madrid and Real Madrid are going to come and stay at our hotel. So we get this major visit from all the people of Real Madrid because it's his first game in Mallorca, okay? And we get this following instructions. You've got to build gates to keep the fans away. And you've got to build inside the lobby. We had this like this open lobby space and you had to open – we had to close the lobby with um, provisional walls for them to have breakfast because the fans were going to going to get us, and we were like, "Only."
0: Oh, oh, sorry, one second. You, you, you. The screen froze just as you were saying, "Build, build walls for the fans."
1: So inside the hop- hotel lobby, it was an open lobby, but for the team to be able to have breakfast and lunch in peace. We had to do, we had to build like provisional walls so that could, we could, we could, um, we could close them off so the fans wouldn't see them and wouldn't bother them when they were having meals. Okay. So Beckham arrived with Real Madrid in 2003, I think. Boys, you might know me better, but I think that's the year. Um, and thanks God we had those flipping gates because those people slept out, right? So the story gets better this hotel's name was called victoria okay the name of the hotel was <laughs> called victoria they arrived on saturday i think the, i think the guys check your facts because i get my stories mixed up but i think the tr- the the manager was carlos queiroz the portuguese manager on the same on the same and that year might be um and Figo and Ronaldo and Ronaldinho. Do you yeah. know, you know, you know, Roberto Carlos is shorter than me.
0: Uh, Roberto Carlos.
1: Yeah, he's shorter than me. And listen, Ben, I've got got spies, my heels. I got my heels. I got my heels. Um, listen. And, and I, so, so yes, I'm, I'm meeting all these guys, right? And they have no idea I speak Portuguese, right? So I can hear them talk about the girls and all this. So it's real fun. Anyway, long story short. Um, I slept, I stayed in the hotel because it was duty manager because Keroj was Portuguese and all the, you know, just in case something was needed, right? Six o'clock, in, seven o'clock in the morning, our phones do not stop getting off the hook and we couldn't understand what was going on. It's like English press calling us, say, You're Victoria Hotel, what's going on? I'm like, What the hell's going on? Well, guess what? That night, that morning was the night, the day the story broke up of David Beckham with Rebecca Luz. Oh, and no. do you remember? There's a photograph, um, I don't think it was the Daily Mail, I can't remember, and you see you see, the, the photo was taken from the paparazzi in the marina, and they catch him on the phone, on the veranda of the hotel. And because the hotel's called Melia Victoria, the headline is, he's like, it's on the phone, but it's not his Victoria kind of thing. So because they captured the hotel name in the photograph was hell for us, but talk about free publicity. And talk about PR and we are thinking thanks God we built the gates and thanks God we built those walls right so that's my I just never got the bloody shirt from Beckham because then he was a bit bothered I should have gotten that one <laughs> but yeah so then yeah so Mallorca I've got 20 minutes left uh, 15 minutes I've got to watch because I talk too much Ben look I promise you um <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, and then I got bored. I got really bored. So, because um, I was used to go to the, I used to work in the afternoon. So the morning I used to go to the gym, and then I'd go to the beach, and then I'd pop home for a shower and go to work. And I was bored stiff. So I went on to Google. Yes, I did speak to Figo again. He was in the second second match, and he remembered me from the first time. Who, who ever forgets me after they meet? <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, I got bored. So I went on to Google. Um, 2003 November and I just put management small hotels and the only jobs that came up was England and I'm thinking hang on England I'd never thought about working in England right and I thought well I speak English i got fish and chips and I'm sure I can learn how to drink beer and someone said to me what about the weather and I said I'll just buy an umbrella right so I got a job I went for three interviews, two in the Lake District and one outside of Leeds in Weatherby with handpicked hotels. So I took handpicked hotels because I thought, oh my God, it's closer to Leeds and there's a city and there's two universities, one never knows. So I arrived on the 23rd of November, 2003. I bought a coat on the 24th of November and on the 26th of December, I saw snow for the first time in my life. And I told all the guests in the hotel, so they all bombarded me with snowballs. (laughs) So, yes, I worked at handpicked hotels, and I was house manager. Um, We won Hotel of the Year by the AA in 2004. I met some amazing people still in my life and friends. um, I don't know, friends in New Zealand and Dubai and, oh, I don't know, got my heart full of that. So after three years, I, I woke up one day and I was 36. And I thought, my God, I'm getting old and I'm not married.
0: So you, oh, sorry, you froze again? Just saying you're you, you 36? Oh,
1: so, so I woke up, I'm 36. I'm like on 700 quid a month or something. The, the kitchen porter's earning more than me because he's working by the hours. I'm like on salary, right? And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. I've I got no children. I, I don't have a husband. Um... So what am I going, you know, kind of, what am, I don't have in, enough money to live on my own and go and travel and see the world like I do. So I know what, I'm going to go and study. Um, and then one day when I'm 50 or 60 and I can't be on heels and 16 hours a day on my legs, maybe I can go and corrupt the next generation of people because I had people who impacted my life. So that's what I did. I signed up to Leeds Becker to do my part-time master's degree. And in my, in my um, statement, I said I was Um, I said I wanted to teach. So I spoke to all my colleagues at work, and I said, guys, I'll do all the weekends, I'll do all the Christmases, I'll do everything, Mother's Day, Father's Day. If you guys just allow me to have two days off around my timetables from work. And so they said yes. So so it was working full-time and studying part-time. And then second year into my master's, they asked me if I wanted to go and teach the first subject, Um, which was international hospitality. So I went for an interview, for this job interview. Um, And I remember them, the the two ladies who interviewed me, one is Isabel, if she's watching. I love her to bits because she was my boss for a while. Um, And then they they interviewed me and they said, oh, so Sophia, but if you get this job, we only pay by the hour. So if you're not teaching, we can't pay you. And I said, okay. And then some, and the other, the other person, Deborah, who's now at Sheffield Helen said to me, so how are you going to do it? And I said, oh, I'll figure it out. So I left the interview, you know, near LGI and I walked down Park Row and I thought I've bloody nailed that. So I walked into bar and grill. It had only been opened a month. I think it was opened in June and I went for this interview in July and I got to the bar and I said, I'm going to order a, a glass of champagne. I nailed it. I'll figure out. And I looked around and I thought, God, this must be such a cool place to work. Everybody's young, right? And Helen Charlton, who's at Sebby's in Headingley, you know, Helen, she was at the bar. She was the bar manager at the time. And I asked her, could I speak to a manager? So Matt Buckingham at the time comes over and, and I say to him, oh, are you looking for anyone for work? And he goes, who for? Any of your kids or friends? And I go, for me. So of course they not like, I mean, well, in my 30s, right? So i met Bar and Grill, and I said to him, listen, and I explained, I'm going to teach part-time. I'm going to study part-time, so I need a part-time job. And he says, tell me how many hours. And you just take the young ones under your wing. And I said, fine. So I resigned from the hotel. The, ho- the GM at the hotel said he'd hold my letter for a month before he gave it in. And I said, okay. Okay, so, yeah, so I went to Bar and Grill. Said so 37, I was the oldest waitress in Leeds. But, you know, in, in Bar and Grill, right? And I thought the kids wouldn't respect me, you know, until I got the first 100% Mystery Diner score the company ever received. And I thought, I think that will show that. Um, this was before they were giving away free trips to Italy, by the way, and bonuses, you know. Oh, you what kind of got, Well, now. I mean, I don't know now. I mean, now, sorry. Um, but you know what I mean? At the time, I mean, Bar and Grill was open for a month. And it was fun, you know. I felt so young, and um, and yeah. So this this young lad, Jonathan, who was seventeen. He was studying to be a lawyer. Fast forward ten years, he was the general manager at Bar and Grill. So I just thought, oh my god, I've got so yeah. So leads back at um, ten years of my life, um, and I loved every second of it. Um,
0: but well, sorry, did you get the job from? Um... Leeds Beckett the interview that you had that then you went to the restaurant
1: bar and grill yeah so yeah I was teaching part-time um studying part-time and working part-time and I did that for about a year yeah I did that for a year and then um an opportunity came to be working full-time for six months in Leeds Beckett and I took it um and yeah and I did Leeds Beckett for 10 years um and I met Uh, And that's how, and that's how I got to know the industry because I believed to my core that we couldn't be a hospitality degree if we didn't if we didn't reach out to the city. The city needed us, and I needed the city for placements for my students. I needed the I needed the city, and the city such a case study. And we've only got ten minutes left, and I've talked so much about me, Leeds. My God, and you're so. This, how can I not, how can I be teaching hospitality and working in hospitality and not be connected to this vibrant city full of i uh, please, no offense to the big people, but all these independents, all these personalities, all this, you know, and I just thought I've got to connect. Um, and so that's, and then I went, so I would go when I could afford it, you know, um, I would pay for it. I wanted to eat it and drink it and dance it. And, you know, Smokestack it and Negroni it and Mojo's and, you know, all that. Um, and all the other fabulous places. I'm sorry if I don't remember everything. But, um, and I just thought that's how I got to know the city and fall in love with it. And and, and it was, and my students, they kept me young. I mean, Jonathan Sainsbury, one of the students told me to get onto Twitter because I talked a lot. And if I could do it to 150 characters, it would be great. So they got me onto Twitter and they, they got me on to try new things and they kept me young and, and so, yeah, placements and ha- consultancy projects because I thought the university could teach, could, could work with the industry and, that's, and all the independents and all. And I always believed that a lot of little voices, if you put them together, we could make a big voice. And it frustrated me that we were in a city that highlighted the lawyers and the bankers and the architects. And I'm thinking, but this industry feeds you and knows your secrets and who are the lovers you bring in the bar when your wife's at home or vice versa, you know, and <laughs> we put up with all that. Um, and all these young people filled with talent, your designers and your arch, you know, and, and all this incredible artistries, um, you know, Charlotte at Rowlands. my God, can that woman draw, and Chip, and, you know, all this, all this, all this talent in that city, and people just look at them as servers and not as, you know, So I, that's, that was my mission. I didn't know. I didn't do it right all the time, but um, that's kind of, yeah. So sorry, I'm rambling Ben. So it leads back at 10 years, five years ago. So five years ago, next week, I celebrate a massive next step in my life, which was um, I nearly died. So I had a stupid accident in my life. I fell in the garden I uh, cracked my skull open, I was concussed at home for 22 hours, I didn't know I was concussed. Um, I think I phoned um, Annie Opong at ARK Inspirations to tell her I couldn't come to a meeting I had arranged with ARK Inspirations for placements for my students. Um, and I cancelled a few meetings, I cancelled some meetings with my students, concussed, and all I could do was vomit. And colleague of mine from work thought it was very funny that I hadn't gone to work. So she came to my house and when she came, she realized I was, I was bleeding. I had an open head and stuff. So yeah, I ended up in LGI for two weeks with morphine. Talk about an eye opener. Okay. And anybody who faces a near death experience, and I'm not saying, um, but it, 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 it is eye opening because um, you come out of it, and when you when feel this, and you think you're never gonna die, and all of a sudden you, you can, I was confronted with morphine for two weeks. And I was confronted with the fact that I didn't die just because somebody remembered I wasn't at work. And you just look at life differently. And you just think, listen, and a friend of mine said to me, Sophia, when are you wanting to stop to die? You just gotta live. And I just decided, you know what? I'm 45 now, but I'm gonna live to 100. And if the first 45 was a rehearsal, sure as hell going to live the life of the next 50. And so I took everything. Um, I gave up the full-time job um, because I couldn't do the politics and I couldn't do the yes sir, no sir. And I was tired of asking for forgiveness because I never asked for permission because otherwise I couldn't do what I wanted. And I took the leap of faith and I started Rebel Solutions. And Rebel Solutions um, is me believing that there's a lot of rebel voices. There's a lot of loose lips in this world and we have never ever been part of the establishment and the establishment have fucked up royally. So if I could just if we could just join all these rebels and all these creatives, maybe, just maybe, tomorrow would be a better world. So I did Rebel Solutions and it was great and it was fantastic. And I had a fabulous launch party and had a fabulous logo and everybody helped me and then I forgot bollocks. Sorry.
0: You thought i a rebel now
1: i know i talked with my hands i talked with my hands oh god have you just seen my cleavage sorry um so i went oh oh gosh yeah anyway so somewhere there oh, i don't know somewhere just quickly i'm scared of time anyway um because i know you've got the next guest and we've got to respect your times as oh. oh, <laughs> soon
0: bollocks, as you, you mentioned rebel that's it now you anarchy's coming out right smashing your own bedroom bloody or? hell
1: listen um you want to see my Rebel Rebel poster? Um, so, so what was I going to say? So I've just realized, hang on, is that cool? So we do that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I forgot something about Rebel Solutions. I forgot I needed to charge people money and I didn't know how to charge for what I knew. And I thought people would pay me, but if you don't ask, um, you, you don't get. So I just, um, so yeah. So, um, I left Leeds because I was one month away from being homeless and foodless and, I just couldn't survive. So I ate my pride and I listened to my dad who said, Sophia, just come home. It's okay. It's just your pride. And I was like, Dad, no. It's, I can't go. And he said, well, come home. And so I came home. And um, yeah, and I'm rebuilding slowly. Um, yeah, maybe there's a book somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I should write the memoirs of I all the rebels. I think there's a
0: book. I think there's definitely a book. Are you so... Do you think you'll come back to Leeds in any capacity? Obviously to visit, Listen, but do you think you want to um, come back in a, in a stronger capacity as well?
1: Oh, God. Anytime. Anytime. I had a ticket to Diana Ross, 30th of June, because um, I thought the diva's coming to town. She's got to meet the other diva. So I thought that was... Gonna, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't come back for the boxing in November because my heart was still too broken. And I think, oh, shit, this is when I'm going to cry. And I think if I came back then, it hurt too much because um, i miss you all so much. Oh, shit, Ben. I've been trying. Um, so, yes, but I never say never. I've never said never. Okay, I've never said never. Um, and Leeds is my second home and, and all the things and all the people, you know, my projects and my people. And, I mean, Hairwood Food and Drink Project last week asked me to join them. On the NHS clap, and I was just, oh my God, Leeds is so so my heart, but i've also got to, I've also got to come back I've also got to try Portugal, and I've got to try to do something here, and on the down days, you know the less the less 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 good days I don't have bad days, I have less good days, I have no problems, I've got challenges. Um, i've made no mistakes i've only learned lessons okay that's my glossary people that's my glossary okay um i'm I'm, on those days i look at leads and i look at you guys and i look at my broken head and i look at you know all that and i just think i'm stronger for it um
0: and we're we're better for it we're better because you're you're forever in the spirit of the city you're forever in the spirit of the city that's why so many people are so thankful for a lot of input and behind the scenes and you're a real great matchmaker. You can see people's potential because you know so many different people from so many different areas of the industry. You're really good at piecing together other people, which then blossoms their uh, either endeavours or creative outlets. So you, you're a massive string puller.
1: But Ben, if I can leave one thing as a note or as a legacy, or as, you know, or, as a, or, as a, or, as a, or the back of a menu card, you know, of, of something, is I won't, I can't be there now and I can't be there forever. And I wish I could wrap you all around my blanket, you know, and just take you all in and, and say it's going to be okay. But the next, the next tomorrow, not the new one, the next one is going to be challenging. And we're going to, do, do you know what I mean? This time's coming that the times are a changing. Bob Dylan, put that people. Um, but just remember, remember to be kind and to smile to each other it doesn't hurt to smile and to just remember that on the other side there's a person remember that's all i ever tried to do um yeah and i think if until if that stays if i just you know and and there's more unity in the differences than you all you all have you know everybody you know we all compete and we all competitors in business and in life and listen we've been girls are, you know so you know what I mean, girls are competitors, boys, you know, since the playground, we're always competing for a piece of the action of the game, but remember to be kind to each other, and if two people can do something, you save time, if one person's going to do it on their own, so that's the kind of thing, you know, um, yeah, and I hope you, did you get the biscuits, did you get some biscuits?
0: I was going to bring this up, this is uh, a sign of Sophia's kindness, I got do you know what was really crazy? So I, I I got a knock on the door at about half eight, and I don't usually get up till about half twelve. Like uh, even even before that, I don't even get up before half twelve, really. But um, yeah. So I get this knock on the door, and it was proper what I feel like how a CIA agent a drop off someone for Will Smith. It was like we need to save the world. I was like, oh, what is is this it now? Is this it now? Got this cheeky little package. Where is it? got the, Got this package like that I'm like oh yeah, yeah. so I opens it up and then look at these beauties look at that how thoughtful is so, that so you've got these made and sent to me and delivered to me though that is yeah, well they, that, that just shows that just shows by like, the the level of like thoughtfulness that you really have
1: so shout out to Lisa and Saskia from Bloom Bakers because um, they 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 do everybody in the city look, Chip does your logo. Ricky and James are doing classroom cocktails. Everybody in the city has got something that if if you join all these bits to next tomorrow is stronger. J you, 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 you know everybody's got and sometimes we just we just got to um the Bloom Bakers did the I got them to do biscuits for mo for the MOBO Awards at the Leeds Arena. I just asked them and they did it. So Every, we can always ask, and we've got to remember, please pay people, please pay people for their knowledge, please pay people for their time, when you say, Sophia, can I just have a coffee? Yes, you can, but my coffee is 30 years of experience time, so um, so all that, I wish I could tell you lots of things, and please come to P- Portugal as well, and we'll be okay, and just, yeah, I don't know what to say, oh, a big heart, big love, I've got, I got I didn't wear my Leeds United shirt because I know you're an Arsenal fan and you should never talk <laughs> and you should never, ever, ever talk sex, religion, football, and politics with your friends around the table. So <laughs> so so I did the white rose, okay? I did the white rose for Leeds, okay? Perfect.
0: Um, perfect. perfect. Well, I wanted to speak it with you because yeah, obviously, your life story is very, an intriguing and interesting one, but you're just a beautiful, delicate, amazing soul who's had such an impact for so many people. And and to be fair, it was when I was speaking with Harry, um, Harry George-Johns from The Holy Mountain, and you were in the group. And again, you've been supporting this from where you are. And uh, you mentioned something, and he was like, you know, this city has a lot to thank Sophia for. And I was like, you know what, 100%, there's so many people that could tell an anecdote or a tale about where you've intersected and helped and helped people even prosper to another level or give them some experience that they still take with them so this city has a lot to thank you for and you are in the spirit of the streets of this city 100% stay
1: strong thank you
0: you stay cool stay safe i'll see you
1: in the i'll see you in the next boxing ring
0: yeah, 100%. IBE
1: in the house. Okay, I'll come back <laughs> for that. Bless you. Thank you okay. so
0: much, Sophia. You take care. Bye. I love.
1: Cheerio, my darling. Cheerio.
0: There we go, Sophia. That was an amazing chat. I wanted to uh, just listen, really. Just, just Sometimes it's just good to listen and hear someone's story, and that felt like one of them. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad that everybody who was tuned in was uh, sending you questions through. Sorry if we didn't get any um, get to ask any of them that was put in there. Like, like you say, what an amazing woman, an incredible spirit, and that—that's something that I'm sure from this chat you'll be able to take away. So that was perfect. So if you're new to this, what it is is uh, loose lips. I'm Ben Random. I'm your host, and that was chatting with Sophia. Then join me in like three minutes i'll be going into my next chat which is with tom granger dj extraordinaire so see you on the other side peace